We continue our prospect spotlights by highlighting another defenseman that's highly touted for the 2024 NHL Draft. It's Zeev Williams' prospect profile on today's episode of Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects related for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalikesh, joined by Sebastian High, and on today's show, we'll be breaking down Zeev Booyam's game uh, in detail. We'll do a deep dive on the six foot, 183 pound left handed defenseman who stood out at the World Juniors and has been putting up record breaking numbers for a draft eligible defenseman in the NCAA this year. Uh, we'll get into how he plays, what the tools are in the first segment. Uh, then we'll get into the toolkit, the habits, the overall projection in the second segment. And then we'll end things off by talking about how he projects at the NHL level, what kind of defenseman and upside we're talking about at the NHL level, and which team would be the best fit for Zeev Booyam. Before we get into any of that, please make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, uh, make sure to leave us a rate and review. It uh, helps the channel out a lot. And make sure to make us your first listen of the day. So, Sebastian, um, we can get things started here with uh, Zeev Williams' kind of style of play. And what makes him so interesting here uh, for the 2024 NHL draft? He's been showing up all over the place. Um, I believe he's highest on our rankings. Um, Tony Ferrari's also a big fan of him. He has him at fourth overall. Uh, he should be right around that range for us as well, right? For sure. He's going to be one of the, the first defensemen off the board uh, on our Dauber uh, midterm rankings, which are going to be coming out, uh, maybe might, might already be out by the time that, that this is uh, live. Um, but yeah, he, he's a fascinating player. He's a tremendous skater and he uses his skating ability and his mobility in all four directions to really, really tilt the ice in his team's favor in all he uses his mobility really well to match footwork off the rush uh, and defending transition. And that hasn't necessarily been consistent the entirety of this year in every single game, because especially with the University of Denver, Zeev Bouillon has been very much leaning offensively. But he's a really, really interesting player with a toolkit that he's been flashing in very different elements of at different points if you look back to his d minus one season with the ntdp last year at the world junior championships this year and the university of denver this year it's all been kind of different elements of his game which is very intriguing absolutely and we're talking about a player who you know excels on the offensive end of things i think his reading of plays is really interesting but i think what stands out the most is the offensive tools I think we can start with the stick handling because that's it's going to get a pretty high grade um, for us. He's he's got really soft hands. He's really he's got great escapability. Um, he's not just a flashy stick handler. He uses it really really intelligently, um, and that really stands out in every viewing you get of him at the offensive blue line. He just shimmies past players effortlessly. He'll slip through, slip between two guys, you know, really really effortlessly. And yeah, his stick handling overall. The mechanics are good. His top hand's unlocked. He's got a large range range of motion. Can go from right to left, um, and back and forth really, really well. Um, can move the puck all around him with a, a, a surprising amount of ease for a defenseman. Um, I'd give his stick handling a good seven, seven and a half. Would you agree? 
Yeah, I, I fully would. I think that it's a, a well above average caliber tool, and the puck skills with him are one of the elements that make him such an intriguing defenseman as a whole. Uh, it, they, they are strengths across the board, and with with the, the the puck handling specifically, the way that he's able to like layer it together with his mobility so consistently like his hands and feet work really really fluidly together it allows him to really solve some really complex problems with seeming ease and when you throw in his level of composure which we'll talk a bit more about in the next segment you have a really incredibly escapable player that can get out of situations that other players would immediately panic in yeah, absolutely. It's a panic threshold as well that's fairly high. But again, these are things that we discuss a bit more in the habits and uh, overall toolkit kind of segment uh, in our second segment there. Uh, but to get to his passing, I think his passing is really solid as well. Um, he's got a sixth sense for where his teammates are. He scans often, keeps him, you know, keeps some options in his back pocket. He's not really kind of a linear passer. A lot of a lot of players this age will you know, they'll hone in on one specific, you know, option and they'll make that work. And they won't really see that, you know, you can adapt, you can adjust, you can find other lanes, you know. Um, he doesn't have that tunnel vision that a lot of defensemen his age have. I'm thinking of Levshinov and, you know, Sam Dickinson at times and those guys. Those guys are usually, you know, when they see a passing lane, they'll try to hit it and doesn't really matter whether they think it'll succeed or not. With Steve Buyum, there's a constant second layer of thought of, you know, is this likely to work? And if not, what are my other options? Um, which I find really interesting. For me, his passing stands out as his best tool offensively. I'd give it a good eight. Like, it's it's really intelligent. It's really polished. And he also, for a defenseman, has a wide arsenal of passes. He can pull pucks in tight and release them from right beside his skates and still get a lot of velocity and accuracy on his passes. Um, he's got a good saucer stretch pass as well. He can hit teammates in, in transition really, really well. So yeah, the, the passing really stands out for me. It's it's a tool that you know he uses to his advantage consistently and molds to the situation extremely well. Um, but now for a shooting. I think a shooting's kind of the, the, the lesser of the three, but it's still sure. decent enough, right? It is. He's, he he gets pucks through towards the net. Like I like his his pa his shot selection decently well, uh, especially like with Denver so far this season. He's really comfortable in the offensive role in that in that lineup, and he knows exactly when uh, to retain possession and when to to fire off a long distance shot. And he knows that his shot won't beat goalies clean from the point, especially at the NCAA level. But he times them really well in terms of in terms of timing it with passing forwards by the net front when there's a screen available when it could be tipped when it's just raw chaos and lofting a puck into that area could be dangerous he is really quite calculated with his with his shooting habits the, yeah. the, the, the tool itself is far less notable in my eyes than the habits behind it uh, but it is a, a decent enough shot. He's, he's a pretty good wrister from the point, not the biggest slap shot threat or anything, but you don't need that in, in a, in a playmaking defenseman from the point. And the fact that he values possession and will pick a, a high end pass before he tries to go for like a, a bomb from the point is honestly a lot more fitting for what the, what, what today's NHL is gravitating towards. So it's, yeah. it's a really nice modern tool for him. Absolutely. And another tool I want to talk about as well is the skating ability. It's it's really weird because for a player who moves laterally so often, his lateral edge work isn't ideal, which is actually terrifying because if you get that to a plus tool, 
it's just going to make Zeev Booyam things just much more, you know, just it, it, it'll, it'll, it'll raise the entire level of his, of his ability, which, which he uses the most, which is shimmying at the blue line and finding an, an, an option to kind of slip between coverage and access a high slot. Um, yeah. But the forward mobility is fairly well. The acceleration is decent. Um, the backwards crossovers and agility is, is fairly good as well. It's just as soon as it comes to going from a standstill to moving laterally really quickly, I think that's one thing that Zeev Buyam needs to work on. Um, but that that's just so strange to me because he said he's getting so many reps of that. Um, and given how often he uses that tool, if he gets that to a, to a plus tool at the NHL level, he's just going to be doing his his thing even better. Um, so, so I'm, I'm really excited to see how Zeev Buyam progresses. And, and that's, that's the thing that makes me think that Zeev Buyam might be a top five defenseman in this draft or top, top five player in this draft. Um, just the fact that the one thing he needs to work on, he's already getting reps on. And it's the, it's something that will uplift his game massively. Um, I think it's just a matter of time before Buyam kind of works on that particular thing and becomes a bona fide blue line threat. Um, but that wraps things up for our first segment. We'll talk about his toolkit and habits in our second segment. Talk about how he projects at the NHL level. Um, we'll get into that right after these messages from our sponsors here at Locked On NHL Prospects. Our sponsor today is Camino Consulting. How would you like to get to know someone better in an hour than you would in a year? Understanding one another better prevents small misunderstandings from becoming big fights. Uh, After providing more than 20 years of service to small and mid-sized businesses, helping management groups navigate conflict and onboarding new employees, Camino is now offering a digital seminar for families and couples. Does your Valentine's gift of uh, tickets to the game not go over as well as you'd hoped? Uh, Well, you can get the Couples and Family Online Seminar for 25% off the month of February by using the discount code locked on at checkout again that's discount code locked on for 25 percent off the rest of the month at www.caminoconsulting.ca or mention locked on when reaching out for a business seminar and re- receive the first five profiles free Alrighty, so moving on to our second segment, we'll be talking about uh the toolkit and habits with steve Buyam. and i think this is where he shines right for sure, there's a lot to like in this in this category with Zeev. Yeah, absolutely, and you know we're we're talking about a player who just thinks the game at a high level, and it, you can't put up this many points in the NCAA and not be a great thinker of the game, um, especially at this age. He's got 34 points in 26 games with the University of Denver, which is a decent program. They've got a couple of pretty good scorers, but you know Zeev Boyum has had to work his way up the lineup. Um, you know, he plays on the same team as his, as his brother Shy and a couple other draft, uh, drafted defensemen um, that are older, bigger, stronger, and more mature in terms of where they are in their development than he is. And he's earned him his way into a bona fide top four role. He's earned his way onto the power play. And I think all, a lot of it goes through his brain. He thinks the game really, really well. He identifies threats early. He stifles them early when he needs to and lets them develop when he needs to. Um, he, he, he has a, he has a sense for what the circumstances request of him. And I think that's the thing that is really difficult to teach in 18 year old defensemen. Um, you know, he, he is a late birthday for the draft. I mean, he's a December 05 birthday, which, you know, there are younger players in the draft, but I, I don't think that should take anything away from what he's doing in the NCAA this year. It's just fantastic stuff, right? 
It, it's hist historic, honestly. Like, uh, Zeke Williams' production right now on a point-per-game basis is at 1.31 with his 34 points in 26 games. And historically, among all NCAA draft, uh, draft year defensemen, that sits second in points per game, uh, which is 0 0.01 behind the first place, which is Kurt Giles from 1976-77. And <laughs> next, three players behind him were also playing in the 70s. And then you have Artyom Lovshunov right, right behind him. So we've got two extraordinarily high-producing defensemen in the NCAA so far this season. We'll see if that calibrates a little bit more as the season goes on. But as things currently stand, Zeev Buyam and, and Lovshunov are both at historic levels of production, but there's a massive gap there too. Lovshunov is at 0 0.93 points per game and Zeev is at 1.31. Like there's a really big gap in there. So on a production basis alone, it's been historic for, for Zeev. And as we've seen in our viewings, the tools, the habits, the intelligence all support that production and have enabled that production. This hasn't been just wild production that is a result of like a wicked great team where he's just racking up points on the power play exclusively. He is a driving force behind the production uh, that, that Denver's putting up. He is third on the team in points behind... Uh, uh, Jack Devine and Massimo Rizzo, who are in their final years of college hockey and are pretty good hockey players. And even NCAA-wide, Steve Bleem is sitting at 14th in terms of total production put in points. So the yeah. production's been insane. The tools have been excellent. The habits are really good. As you mentioned, he's super intelligent. His scanning habits have come a long way since his D-1 season already, too. He is really, really quite aware on the ice. He knows where he has to be to protect the slot to block passing lanes. He's learning to clear the net front a bit better and he's learning to like lower his leverage to make that job a bit easier in yeah. the offensive zone. He's making decisions at a faster pace than he was earlier this season. Like he's constantly challenging himself to make him put himself in slightly uncomfortable positions where he has to learn and grow. And it's been a, a rocket ship this season, seeing how he's been progressing on a month to month basis. Absolutely, yeah, and I think a lot of it comes through his hockey sense. He's a player who, Certainly. you know, has always thought the game at an advanced level, but you know, I felt like, you know, especially last year with the NDP, I mean, we're talking about a player who, uh, I felt sometimes his brain was too fast for his own feet, for his own hands. Um, he would think he would, he would think of what to do, but didn't have the tools to do it, and now he's kind of developing the tools to do it, and you're seeing how cohesive that package is now. Uh, for me, the hockey sense, I mean, offensively is a really good eight, eight and a half. Like he's one of the better thinkers among defensemen in this draft. Um, defensively, it's around a seven. Um, I, I think that overall, Booyam's defensive lackings have been overblown, um, especially having watched him last year and seen the small habits he has, especially when defending the rush, especially when teammates, when opponents get set up in the defensive zone. Um, seeing the little habits he has that, that, prevent scoring chances i don't think that's really gone anywhere i think all that's happened is that he's fully leaned into the offensive side of the game this year um and it's more of a decisional thing than a habitual thing with 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 Booyam, you know in terms of his overall lack of focus on defense this year but i don't think that's a stylistic thing i think this is just a a preference of his that he's that he's chosen in order to develop a side of his game that can make him stand out because he he'll probably be a maybe slightly above average defensive player at you know at the peak of his career but by leaning into his offense he's 
he's leaning into what makes him good and what could be his bread and butter at the NHL level, which is creating offense in transition, which is, you know, shimmying from the blue line, opening up shooting lanes and being a power play threat. And that's working out great for him. Um, so for me, it's just we're talking about a great thinker of the game who's um, kind of under underdeveloped physically, but still has a decent level of frame. Like he was listed at 5'10", 160 at the start of the year. That was wrong. That was just fully wrong. He he he's easily what he is right now in elite prospects, which is six foot one eighty three. Um, and I know I know for a fact that his World Junior tapes really turned some heads uh, among scouts. Uh, he's got NHL scouts talking about him. And that's that's exactly what you want to do when you get chosen for the NTDP's blue line at the World Juniors as an 18-year-old. Like that's that's already a, given given how stacked Team USA is. That's surprising on its own, right? It really is, and and he proved Team USA completely right with his performance at the tournament. Like especially in the early games of the tournament, he was the primary offensive driver from the blue line. Uh, maybe apart from Seamus Casey in that fir- very first game, but through the first half of the tournament, he was creating more and more consistently than Lane Hudson and Seamus Casey were from that blue line. And while in the medal rounds that, that that shifted a little bit, he was still really getting in on the offense. Like he scored in the gold medal game. Uh, he was consistently creating and threading great passes down low towards high danger areas activating very fluidly and comfortably and uh, creating holes in defensive structures. Like he's a very creative player and I will want to like just highlight his transition game specifically before we move on to the next segment, because his, his, his offensive transition game is just a tremendous strength, especially with the, with the puck on his stick. He is a tremendous passer as we were outlining in the last segment and his puck, skills like with a puck on a stick as well are just tremendous and that combination with the iq with the mobility makes him so 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 dynamic with the puck on a stick and uh reminds me a little bit like tell me if i'm wrong on this but mike matheson flashes in terms of transition offensive transition game in terms of. of consistent lane switches and patient delays and making some mistakes but very very quickly trying to correct them with the skating ability getting back quite quickly there are flashes and shades of that but more stylistic than like upside or projection of course oh, yeah. in this talk for sure i'd say he it's like mike matheson with less good skating i would say because as as much as buyam is fun to yeah. watch and he activates a lot i think that the skating still needs some work which again is terrifying because he's already using it so well um, yeah. Mike Mike Matheson has basically a perfect skating stride. His his mobility, his edge work is out of this world. Um, yeah. I think Zeke Williams still has like five or six steps in order to catch Mike Matheson. But given how often he uses his feet and how intelligently he uses them, if you get him in the right system with the right development team, uh, you know, development team that's specialized in improving skating. Oh my goodness, like that's that's just terrifying. Uh, and and that's what I'm betting on with with Buyum is that I feel like he can regardless of where he ends up improve his skating and and get to that level um but that wraps things up for our second segment we'll talk about uh Z Buyum's projection how many points we expect from him at the NHL level in, in terms of upside and what team would be the best fit after these messages from our sponsors here at Locked On NHL Prospects it's almost the halfway point of the season but there's still time to get in on the action with Sleeper 
Sleeper is our number one choice here at the Locked On NHL Podcast Network uh, for your daily fantasy hockey needs. That's because all you have to do to win 100 times your money on Sleeper is to correctly predict the outcome of eight specific player stats. And you can get really creative with that. Have some fun with it. Whether you want to play it a bit safer and bet on Nikita Kucherov, for instance, getting a point in the next game, which seems to be a guarantee in every single game that he laces up his skates for, or for one of the young studs. I mean, Conor Berdard is back on the ice, which is so exciting to see. Maybe he will get in on the action use promo code locked on nhl and you'll get up to a 100 match on your first deposit terms and conditions apply that's code locked on nhl see sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability Alrighty, so moving on to our final segment, we'll be talking about uh, Zeev Bouillon's projection, what we expect them to be at the NHL level, and what team would be the best fit uh, for this young, exciting defenseman. Um, I think we're going to start with the first point uh, here. In terms of production upside, what do you think is the ceiling for Zeev Bouillon at the NHL level? 65 maybe like i think it's quite high in terms of uh, what we're talking about projections with with defensemen and among defensemen in this draft class the only one that i'd be confident in putting above uh Buiam in terms of projected project production would be zane Farek. i think that if you're looking for an offensive defenseman in this draft class eve Buiam is a home run swing and also brings a lot of value apart from the offensive game which makes him far more enticing inside that top 10 so oh, yeah. I think I think William could hit that like maybe 15 goals, 65 point type of upside where he's a massive playmaker in the offensive zone, gets a lot of reps in the first power play unit, uh, very, very active and activating and, and trying to create holes and fluidly switching positions with forwards uh, on the cycle. I can really see that being a role that Zeev Buyum thrives in. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm more or less on the same page. I think William has that upside for sure. Um, I, I would say that, you know, his, his defensive translatability is really being undersold this year. Like there are so many really in interesting habits and things that make him work, you know, defensively that I think will, um, project to the NHL level fairly well and make his transition a bit more seamless than a guy like Lane Hudson. Um, there are th the way that he uses his tools is a lot more tailor-made for the NHL than a guy like Lane Hudson. Lane Hudson is yeah. obviously a lot more electrifying offensively and infinitely more creative than any defenseman I've ever scouted really um, offensively. But Buiam has a, a, a baseline of skills that can really just work really well at the NHL level. He doesn't really have to learn much to ensure his NHL projectability. Um, whereas Hudson has some things that he needs to work on in order to become an NHLer, right? So th that's kind of the difference between the two for me. But I see, th I see them still as styli stylistically similar. Um, they've both got that it factor offensively. They've both got, they've both got that shimmy at the blue line ability um, that, that, that we all love. Uh, but yeah, um, in, in terms of NHL projection, do you see him making a top pair? Um, or is he more of a kind of you know, lesser of the two on a top pair or bona fide, you know, second pair defenseman. Where do you see him stand on that side, upside wise? I think he has the upside to be a solid number one. I, I think that 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 is within the frame here uh, in terms of of potential. I think being a number two to a 
a, a really rock solid two way defenseman would would be a fantastic fit for him, and would potentially like open up the door a little bit more for him to dominate offensively i think if yeah. you if he's surrounded with a player that 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 is like on his level mentally but is a bit more focused on the defensive side of things it, it would really really just allow zeev Buyam to do whatever he wants to and play crazy hockey and i think when zeev Buyam's playing crazy hockey he's at his best but he yeah. needs to be well surrounded in order to feel safe doing that and uh, that that said, he is so adaptable and he can play so many different roles quite well that the projection is quite comfortable because whatever system he ends up in, I think that, that there's going to be a role that he'll be able to play to a pretty high level uh, inside a, like the top three of a defensive core. Like I think worst case scenario with Steve Bowie, you're getting a, a dynamic number three defenseman uh, in terms of realistic proje uh, projections. Like, of course, things can always go awry in development. It's never straight straightforward or a slam dunk. But I think that you'd have to really mess up his development to knock a number three defenseman out of him. And yeah. if he's on your top pair, he could play a variety of roles. And uh, he he's going to be a very fun NHL as a baseline. He's going to be mm -hmm. really entertaining, really dynamic, create a ton of offense, and probably be one of one of the favorite defensemen uh, for the fan base on that team. Oh, for sure. Team. It, it, I mean, fans are going to love this kid wherever he gets picked. He's just. He's got an electrifying factor to his game that just gets you out of your seat and, and sells tickets. And, you know, that, that that takes me to the next point here. What would be the best fit? Um, I'm thinking of a couple teams that need a guy that can sell tickets right now. Um, you know, but I don't know. Um, I would say, I mean, San Jose would be, it would be a decent fit. I, I don't think, you know, they've got anyone that really stands out defensively in terms of their prospect pool. You know, they've got Shakir Muhammadulin. Um, Matthias Havilad. Um, I'm probably missing a couple names there. Jake Furlong is in there for sure. But other than that, I don't think they have anyone who has the true potential for a top pair. Like even Havilad, I'm a big fan of Havilad. I think he's going to be a great second pair defenseman. Um, Steve Boone would be the only one really that I can think of if they pick him that would have that top pair upside. What do you think? For sure. I mean, I think San Jose would, would be a really logical fit. I think at, at this stage, Shark Stands may be hoping for Celebrini and, and Bowie might be a slight disappointment relative yeah. because every player in this draft will be a slight disappointment relative to Celebrini. Yeah. Uh, I think Arizona would be a really interesting fit. Uh, it would be going very much contrary to their drafting habits in, in the last draft or two in terms of just going for size uh, and, and picking like high upside players with that with that idea, but really just doubling down on big boys. Yeah. Uh, I think that adding Zeev Buyum to a defensive core that is already going to be built around a player like Dmitry Simashev is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, they have some pieces there in that defensive core, but I don't see a defenseman that projects as a really dynamic force from the blue line in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And I think Zeev Buyum would check off that box. That And watching Zeev Buyum play on a team that has Clayton Keller and... Uh, and Logan Cooley would be a ton of fun on a pure oh, yeah. dynamism level and also all NTDP graduates. So you get, you have a common theme in there, but Zeev Buyum would fit into most teams that would draft. I mean, like uh, whether it be stylistic or, or, or in terms of handedness, it's, it's a bit different with, with each team, but uh, obviously the teams that need left shot defense specifically would be really enticed by Buyum. Uh, I think that, 
like Seattle, for instance, would be fascinating uh, in, in terms of, of adding some more defensive depth there because they've taken some really big swings on defensive prospects in the last couple of drafts on players like Caden Price and uh, Lucas Dragasevich and Riker Evans as a D-plus one. But adding the, the, the level of defensive talent to that, that group that has the level of dynamism and game-breaking skill that Zeev Bouillam has, I think, would open up a lot uh, and also would redistribute a little bit of that weight in terms of right now all the offense coming from the blue line in Seattle is coming from Vince Dunn and adding yeah. another element there to, get, to balance it out a little bit and not, not have the forwards have the entire brunt of that workload would also be nice. For sure. Um, I mean, at the same time, for, for San Jose, they do have Pittsburgh's first round pick. And I think Pittsburgh's just outside of the playoff picture right now. Or they near are the Exactly. Um, and given that he's uh, 13th overall on Bob McKenzie's list, and Bob McKenzie seems to be a wizard at uh, identifying where players are going to end up being picked, um, it's not out of the question that with their second pick of the draft, San Jose t- t- gets away with it with... Uh, with either Zeke Bouillam or Zane Parekh, who are both in this range for Bob McKenzie, like that, whoever they pick, um, if it's not Celebrini first overall, let's say they go for Kane and Lindstrom at like third, and then Zane Parekh or Zeke Bouillam at, at, at like 12, 13, 14, um, they're the winners of this draft. Like that's, that's just not, it's not fair. Uh, but that wraps not up. Fair. Yeah, that wraps things up for today's show. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next and what you thought of the episode and what you think of this player. If you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day and leave us a rate and review. It helps the channel out a lot. For your second listen of the day, make sure to check out Locked On Sports Today. They got all your news and updates about what's going on around sports. And make sure to tune in for our next show as we continue our prospect coverage and our prospect spotlights for the 2024 NHL Drafts prospect. This has been Hattie Kalakesh with Sebastian High, and we hope you tune in next time.